Well, is it link time? <laughs> it's link time. I've noticed this weird thing recently where Twitter, the trending tab, has just been like things for no reason. Have you noticed that? Like, <laughs> explain, explain. It'll be like Homestar Runner. You know, do you remember Homestar Runner? <laughs> yes, I was heavy into Homestar Runner. And then I'll click it, and then it'll say, there will be a zillion tweets that all said, I clicked on this to find out why Homestar Runner was trending, and it seems like it's no reason. And then there's just like a zillion of those, and that's it. So, okay, yes, that has happened to me. But more often than not, I've found that I just didn't find the source of the trend Something was trending recently. I couldn't find it. And then like two days later, I saw someone retweeted the initial thing. And I was like, oh, that's that's why it was trending. So maybe it's we're not just seeing the source. It's sort of like how anytime that like somebody has a birthday and their their name trends, you can oh, always, I always click think on they're it. dead. I always yeah, think the, they're that's, dead. Yeah, that's the first like 30 tweets is, I thought they were dead, but it's just their birthday over and over again. If they're past a certain age... I'm automatically assuming they're dead. <laughs> you're in like, and not clicking, you mean? Just like moving on with your life? <laughs> you just see their name and you're like, oh, all right. All right, cool. That person's dead. Um, no, I click sometimes. But if they're really old, you know how I feel about old people. That's I do. That stance is well documented on here and any other creative outlet I have. Of you course. Know? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, if they're past a certain age, I'm not checking up on them. I'll just, you know, find out later they're not dead. Yeah. Or be surprised when they do eventually die. All right. I have a link that I want to send you. It's a video. Okay. And I've been holding on to this for a minute. I think that this is uh, one of my favorite things I I found in a long time. So are you familiar with He-Man? Yes. Yes, I am. Did you ever watch that when you were a kid? Uh, Not a ton, The uh, like the original one, but I did watch the 2002 remake. Oh, was that good? It was actually pretty entertaining. I liked it. So I never really like watched He-Man, but it was one of those cartoons that is like on days when I was sick home from school. Yeah. It would be like on. There was like there was like five shows that I never meant to watch, but would be like, oh yeah, I'm sick and home. What else am I going to do but watch <laughs> these shows? It was like He-Man. It was Thundercats. You remember Thundercats? See, I liked Thundercats. I did watch the old one at that. There was another cat show that was two cat fighter pilots. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, yes. I have no uh, idea what that was called. It's, I think it's called like Jet Cats or something like that or <laughs> – uh, wait, no. Cats show. No, you got to give more than that. No, no, no. Come on, come on, come on. SWAT Cats, I found SWAT that. Cats. Yes, I did remember that one. Wait, wait, wait. SWAT Cats colon the Radical Squadron. Let's, oh, you know, that's, put, a, that's a great full name. Let's I put really some respect on its name. name. Oh, it was also like uh, Hong Kong Fooey, which may be problematic in 2019, looking back at that. Do you remember that dog TV show where they were all like pets and then they turned into like superheroes? No. Road Rovers. No, I've never even heard of that one. Ooh, this one <laughs> is a goodie. I used to watch this one a lot. Road Rovers. I'm looking it up. I don't even know what network it was wow. on. I this this is giving me the faintest like memory, but I'm almost positive that I never actually watched it. Dude. Hmm. Yeah, 1996. So it's it's older. Uh 
Yeah, I there's a shaggy-haired dog in the background that's like conjuring some memories, but Yes. That one wasn't for me. I think that one's WB. The other one I think from WB was Gargoyles. Um, yes, that was I, another I, one of those shows. I watched that one. But there were there were like shows. So there was like the Disney Afternoon, right? Yes, Which loved I came it. home from school, I'd watch them all religiously. I could mm-hmm. probably tell you I, if you showed me any episode of like Darkwing Duck, I'd be like, yes, I do remember this. Yes. And there are these types of shows. Oh, there I can also do that for Scooby Doo because for some reason I had like a, the worst sickness of my life. And it was at a concurrent moment in time where Cartoon Network was playing literally nothing but <laughs> Scooby Doo. They were having a Scooby Doo marathon. Dude, I think I got sick at the right at the same time because I very vividly remember being yeah. sick and watching nothing but Scooby Doo. Just Scooby Doo for like days. Like so know, long just... that like the episodes were looping back around on themselves. <laughs> yes, and I was like, yes. I already saw this one yesterday. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So in any case, this is a long-winded way to say there are these shows that I have only the vaguest understanding of. And He-Man is one of those shows, right? And uh, I knew that it's like an older Hanna-Barbera show. And I know that there's, you know, He-Man and he rides on this weird freaking four-legged like lion wolf thing. He's a cat. Weird. He's It's Battle Cat. Come on, man. Okay. Battle Cat, yes, and and there's like the skull bad guy, but Skeletor. I don't really know anything. Come on, okay, okay, come okay. on, okay, okay, okay. So, anyways, I found this video a while ago of one of the creators of He Man explaining why all the things in He Man are the way they are, and the answers for all of them is extremely bad. And I need you to watch this <laughs> right, right now. Please, please send me the link. The explanation for why He-Man has a tiger is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Oh my gosh. I don't care. Put a saddle on it. So the reason why He-Man... That totally crushes all my dreams as a child. Yes, exactly. So the reason why He-Man rides a giant lion is because as they were making He-Man, they were making action figures for the entire thing, and they were poor, and they had to use pre-existing action figures for most of it. And by God, there was a very large... Compared compared to the He-Man action figure, there was a very large lion that was from a totally different thing, and they just said, "All right, that'll do." What's What's funny is this is from a show on Netflix, "The Toys That Made Us," 
and they I didn't watch the He-Man episode, so this was news to me. But they have other episodes that are on like Transformers or G.I. Joe's or whatever, you know, right. classic 80s lines, Star Wars even. And this is the M.O. of all the toy companies at this time. <laughs> oh, we need a special ship. You know what? Cool. We're going to take from this. Like Star Wars specifically, they needed like vehicles from, you know, for something. I forget what exactly, but they basically pulled – from their like toy line like for kids so the ships were a little bit bigger <laughs> really large cool ships. now we have a a ship that wasn't in the money it wasn't in the movie but you know can fit one of our characters oh uh, for gi joe we need this cool we're grabbing from this toy line that didn't do well in the first quarter and we're going to repaint him and it's going to be this oh this transformer he needs a villain did you know that the transformers like the, the Auto, uh, autobots and the decepticons are like different toy lines. Oh, really? Like completely? So, yes. So originally these were like toys from Japan and the Decepticons were from one where it was like all uh, life, life, um, all inanimate objects. So if you know that like Megatron is a gun and Soundwave (laughs) is a cassette Uh or whatever, boombox. So that was one toy line. And the Autobots were another toy line, and they just repainted some and merged them together and created this fictional – and like the, the comic books and the TV shows were only created to create connective tissue for the toys they were already selling. Right, and that's, that's what happened with He-Man. That's what one of these earlier tweets – these are from a guy named Bobby Schroeder. And he says that the reason why He-Man got a cartoon in the first place is because one of the guys that's in that clip basically just lied about there being a cartoon on the way to sell more toys. So they were like, <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if I want to make awesome. these toys. And he said, like, oh, I didn't tell you about the specials that are going to be on TV. And then they had to make a freaking cartoon because he told them that there was a cartoon. <laughs> and so off to the races they went. That's amazing. Dude. Yeah, this is just such an interesting story to me about how these things that we all as kids saw, we were like, that's rad. What a beautiful story. Put yeah, so much, so much meaning exactly. and thought. And, yeah. It's like, oh, this was just some guy's like way of getting out of a situation. <laughs> but now <laughs> – but look, I would say that like toy sales uh, – and I have no no like backing. I would just – this is all a hunch. Um, like look at shows like Steven Universe or Adventure Time or a regular show. Those are all shows for show's sake, and I don't know that they have a ton of toys. If anything, they have like collectibles and dioramas and more like things that adults would purchase rather than like a a little kid would purchase. Totally, yeah. So it's funny how like the industry has totally switched in that regard because like what what toys are there? You know, I have a niece and nephew, and my nieces, they're like really into these little – it's uh, almost like Polly Pocket type thing, but it's like all animals and pets. They're into those, but like that's not a TV show. Everyone's just watching video game streamers now, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true. But are they, they're not selling uh, kids toys. I think Fortnite probably is. Or if not, they're selling, they're selling merch inside of Fortnite that they want kids to buy. That's true. Yeah. I just love this because... I like watching people make bad decisions that work wonderfully. And this is a wonderful example of that being true. All right, link me. So this doesn't have a true link per se. This is a – because the tweet thread got deleted. 
So, oh God, controversial. So the other day, uh, you know, we've been talking about how your Twitter has gotten more enjoyable and my Twitter has slowly de-evolved and gotten more negative. Right, right. And this is a further, you know, solidifying that thought and uh, just design Twitter is not a nice place sometimes. So I don't know that I follow this guy, but I see his tweets a lot. Um, And I don't know. Yeah, I guess we, you know, if we're going to include images, his name is Mark Heyman. And again, I, I purposely stayed ignorant. So I couldn't be biased. So I couldn't be like, oh, he's a designer for this company. Oh, he's a designer for that. So, you know, I, I if people are getting upset, oh, well, you should know that they should be. Ah, no, I don't care. I just saw this. <laughs> I was purely a viewer, uh, a, a bystander, but I thought it was interesting. So Mark Heyman uh, tweeted out, I think one of the best things you can share with a brand new broke designer is your font collection. Yeah, it's probably illegal. But let's be honest, you didn't pay for those fonts either. Ooh, spicy take. So, as you can imagine, all of Design Twitter freaked all the way out. I mean, I've never seen – again, the tw- the thread got deleted. People on Twitter were freaking out of, this is designer's livelihood. This is, you know, basically just, uh, in my opinion, maybe maybe I shouldn't tip my hat. But they, they just were sharing their strong opinions. And basically shame this guy into deleting the thread and coming out and apologizing and saying, sorry, my B, I was wrong. So my thought, my question to you is, and again, I can share my stance on it um, afterwards, but my thought to you is, do you, how do you feel about his original tweet? Do you agree that you should share your font collection with, you know, broke designers? Do you feel that, no, you must uphold the licenses and pay full price how do you feel? How does this rub you? The debate that this whole tweet has sparked is not just about like, is it okay to steal a font or not? Because I think that everyone is on the same page of like, probably a better idea to pay for fonts than not to pay for fonts. I think that his initial kind of thinking behind it, if I had to assume, would be that he is saying that that's one of the hardest things to really like get a good grasp on in the in the start is like what fonts can i use what fonts are good i know that i constantly come up against that and just having somebody who you trust say here's a curated batch of fonts please use them is like a way better situation to be in and the problem is that paying for fonts is like an extremely loose thing right like if i and and also the the amount that you have to pay for fonts is extremely loose because sometimes a font will be free, sometimes yes. a font will be $5, sometimes a font will be $20, sometimes a font will be $200, sometimes a font will be more than $200. And because of that, it gets very daunting to understand everything and uh, also understand if you should be paying or not. If you're a broke designer who's working on a project for spec that might not even pay you for it, you know, like that's a hard decision to make. Exactly. The problem and one of the, the, the responses that that I really liked that you sent me in these screenshots was um, someone saying it's Louis Mantia actually saying like at some point, how do you recognize which fonts you have a license to and which you don't? That's not great. And I think that's totally a fair point where if this the intent behind this is saying, look, it's not feasible or realistic to buy 300 fonts 
as you're deciding which ones to use. As you use them and you use them for commercial projects, you should probably buy them. Um, like no one's going to remember to do that. And that's even sort of like the end of the initial tweet is him saying like, let's be honest, you didn't pay for those fonts. Don't make other people pay for those fonts. And to me, if I'm being honest, as somebody who's a big believer in like free everything, that kind of sucks. I pay for fonts when I know that it's going to be a commercial project. I just made a freaking postcard for my coffee shop and I used a new font and I bought it because yeah. I, it was like, it, you know, it was like $10. It wasn't the biggest deal in the world. I know that I'm going to use it later and I found it. I really liked it online and I knew that I was using it commercially. So I paid for it, even though, um, you know, I know that's not a position that everyone's able to be in. There are plenty of free fonts. So the idea of just stealing random people's work does not really sit right with me. For your coffee shop, when we branded it, we bought a font for mm-hmm. it, for the like the branding, mm-hmm. the logo. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you, and I agree with you know the sentiment. Somewhat, um, you know, being a right now, I'm a successful, I would say, designer, and I can afford to. I don't even think about paying for a font. Five bucks, twenty bucks, three hundred bucks, whatever. Sure, it, it's gonna get paid for in the budget. I don't question it. But growing up in college specifically and, you know, trying to pay bills, trying to like go full-time job, full-time student, I was so limited in what I had access to. And I did have a professor that like gave me a huge, you know, repository of fonts. And it's so silly that like fonts, you can, you can argue fonts don't make the designer. Sure. But they unlock something in your brain, like a thing that you previously didn't have, a tool set you previously didn't own or have access to, and it unleashes a little bit of creativity. Sometimes I'll buy a texture pack or you know some assets or something that I don't even use fully, but just the simple like, oh yeah, I can use it for this. Cool. I'll purchase it. I'll mess with it and it'll give me an idea you know, for another project. So sure, when it comes to you know, supporting other creators, you're right. You know, I, I dig that. But how they crucified this guy, I and I use that word, you know, uh, intentionally, I felt was so dishonest. Like, like they're so holier than thou. Like no one has ever known or, or no one has ever, you know, used the font that they didn't own all the rights to. For me, it just was a an ugly, rather than saying, hey, man, you know, that's not cool from like a more leveled sense. Everyone, everyone was no, 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 no. There was one guy in there even anytime someone said, you know what, Mark, I agree. They like spammed that comment. It was the same account. They'd spam it. Nope, nope, nope. Thumbs down. And for me, again, it just is illustrating how like Twitter can be great. And then in the same breath can be horrible. Um, it just really caused such a strong emotion, such a strong feeling in my heart of like, no, oh, dude, if you're if you're a poor student, if you're a poor designer, I sympathize with you wholly. And you know what? I think I would share my font set with you. I think I would share my assets with you. I bought the license. I bought the rights. I haven't maybe used them. Go ahead, use them. And I don't know that I'll ever not want to help out like someone less fortunate than me in that sense, because I know what it's like to be there. Um, yeah, it just, it, again, it, you brought up great points. 
and and I can again, I'm not so far gone, so crazy that I can't see what the people are saying on Twitter, um, the other designers. But I don't know. For me, it's design is such a uh, such a outlet for me, a creative you know source of of freedom. That like, no, I don't want any obstacle for someone who wants to create. I have the means. I can purchase, you know, a font. Cool. But I don't know. For me, it just was such a, a weird, weird um, area to get into that I didn't even consider. Like, I, I, I honestly, I've shared people. I've shared fonts with people. I've shared things with people and never thought, oh, they need to purchase that. I thought, no, I'm just, yeah, you use it, doing you a solid. Cool. Right. And I think that's maybe getting lost in the do the right thing. Yes, of course, do the right thing. Yeah, I think that it's just a, one of those weird examples of like Twitter not being the greatest place to have an argument because immediately both sides decided to take the most extreme position, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. and I mean, the, the reason is because it's people's financial livelihoods, right? Like Louis Manti is one of those people that has professionally designed fonts for many companies and has been paid really handsomely for it. And so if one of your jobs and one of the things that keeps money on the, uh, wow, keeps money on the table is what I was going to say. But what I meant to say is if the, if that's one of the things that keeps food on the table, then of course you're going to want to, uh, dispute anybody that says it's okay to give free fonts away. Um, but this is one of those things to me that's like, it's like, this is going after the wrong people yeah. because I don't think anybody in the thread is saying, Hey, you know, that design company that's making, you know, a million plus a year. Um, it's okay if they steal fonts. Like, I don't think anybody's thinking that, right? Yeah. Um, whereas if you're saying, hey, you know, you see that like 17-year-old kid that's like trying to make it as a designer? He stole his fonts. The reaction is totally different, right? Like, I don't care. I don't care about yeah, that at yeah. all. But I do care about the company that's making millions of dollars that's not buying things. They should be doing it because that's part of the system. That's how it works. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like it's kind of like the same thing for like software piracy. You know, there are these massive companies that are like pirating Photoshop and getting away with it. Um, and it's so weird to think that anybody would care about the 18-year-old college kid that's pirating Photoshop um, like to like make some design class project you know like that's not the person to be targeting buds the person to be targeting is the giant corporation that's stealing the product and making money off of it like at a huge scale um but of course there's no nuance for that on twitter so that gets left out of course and that maybe that just needs to calm me in that thought but yeah there's even people saying hey man i stole photoshop when i first started out um, but now I've been able to pay for it and, you know, I do that. And people responded, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about – and for me, uh, even to take that, you know, further of the big guy versus the little guy, 100%. If a font is $20, that's totally reasonable. You worked really hard. If a font is even – I've paid 100 for fonts. You know, okay, sure. That's just the price of business. But like for these – some of these companies where it's like thousands and thousands of dollars to license and – like you have to re-up it every year. One, I just don't use those fonts. But there are some that are a little uh, ridiculous, a little outrageous. And it's almost like maybe we need to regulate font pricing. And maybe that would hurt the designers who create them. But it would maybe take away from the huge entities who then own them outright. 
I don't know. Sometimes maybe maybe the solution is not, you know, left or right, red or blue, but it's like what if we regulated the whole thing and then it's way more standardized. Yeah, I mean I think that would definitely go a long way, right? Because if I know that any project that I'm doing that's a design project is going to come with a $20. Well, actually, here's a better idea. I think that there needs to be two different types of commercial license. I don't think that it's fair for the same for the same license to work for a $100 million company and for a $5,000 company, you know? Yeah, no, you're totally right. A personal use, like try out the font and a, hey, this is going to be on my app. Yeah. And maybe that already exists. Maybe like there are commercial licensing um, concepts around like what that actually means. I've seen some places start to employ a differentiation in contracts and user agreements. And like, I think that that's, that's kind of a wise move. But regardless, I mean, the fact that this guy had to delete his tweet is crazy because what he was saying wasn't that wild. Um, but of course, people people took it that way. Yeah, it was it, it's crazy. I and what's even funnier is I saw the initial tweet and thought, you know, that is a solid move. Left, did other things, closed my phone, came back like hours later, and I was like, yeah, da, 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 da. oh, this guy, someone retweeted him. Oh my gosh, everyone! Oh, it's on fire! My phone is on fire! Oh my gosh! Um, can I send you another link, my friend? Send me that link, boy. Okay, so this is we're going we're going back now to one of our old old standby conversations. You know the things that we can always talk about: theme parks, video games. Those are always exciting. all that stuff. Yeah. So we got a new update here about uh, the theme park thing that I've probably been the most excited about ever, um, and the thing that I'm going to be looking forward to in the future, which is the Super Nintendo World that's coming to Universal. Woo! Uh, have you been paying attention to this stuff? I have not because I assumed that you would be informing me. Check it out. We got some we got some info. Ooh. So we still don't have full full info, but we got some quote unquote theme park spoilers which has leaked because yes. somebody found a like diorama of what it's going to look like that gives a ton of info and I just want to direct your attention to it cuz it looks rad. I would love this. This is coming to Florida to Universal. So yes and no. This is ah. this is Universal Studios Japan that has this diorama. Boo. But did you? But the even newer news beyond this tweet that I just sent you is that they're adding a whole new park in Universal Studios Orlando called Epic Universe, and it does seem like there is going to be this park in some form or fashion coming to this new Epic Universe area of Universal Studios Orlando. What else is going to be in Epic Universe? No one knows yet because they had this big announcement where they announced it and they just didn't say anything. They just showed like a weird picture of what it's going to look like, but they didn't show any of the freaking theming or anything. So people were like, that was a weird announcement. <gasps> the Donkey Kong area. Yes, here we go. Okay, so oh. so yeah, there's a... There's basically going to be this super colorful, very Mushroom Kingdom-y looking area, and then another area that's Donkey Kong themed. And this is why I brought it up to you a long time ago, uh, because I was super interested that a patent was taken out by Universal Studios for this new weird roller coaster that basically tr- faked you out, and it looked like a minecart but it wasn't actually like connected by the wheels it was connected somewhere else so it could, could so that it could do sick jumps 
And here it is. Like, they actually show it in this freaking picture that there's this minecart-looking wow. roller coaster that's using a, a vertical track instead of a horizontal track because the horizontal track is a trick. And it could, like, you know, give out and, you know, send you falling or, you know, have a ramp and send you to another track or something like that. Like, it just looks really cool. Dude, we might need to make a trip to to this place. My goodness, this yeah. looks awesome. Doesn't it look rad? I want to visit this place now. Yeah, it's so cool. So um, going back to that first picture, there's a few different things here. We got a Mario Kart area that looks like um, like yes. Bowser's Castle. Like it has this very like dark kind of like evil look, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and then there's a Yoshi ride that has like a bunch of rideable Yoshis. It looks like you might just hop on almost like a Ferris wheel or something, and then it goes somewhere. Uh, that That's called Yoshi's Adventure. There's the Toadstool Cafe, which I'm sure is a restaurant, and then like a few different things that don't have actual descriptions yet. Um, but it looks really cool, and I'm just like genuinely excited about this thing coming to life and actually being able to go inside of a Mario world. Oh my goodness, this looks great. I want to go. I want to go to there. Wow. This looks so fun. This is what I imagine a theme park should be, you know? Um, so here's another tweet. These are by Cable Sasser, by the way, who's like my favorite person on Twitter because this is the kind of stuff he exclusively posts. Everything delights me. Um, and a couple of days ago, he updated um, with the official art for Epic Universe, this new area uh, that Universal Studios is bringing to Orlando. And he noticed that one of the areas does seem to be the Mario area because there is the Donkey Kong cart track that you can see at the very edge. And this is like rough concept art. Uh, I think it's just meant to be like a pretty picture that they could show you. So none of this is like true, you know. Um, but you can see that it's freaking coming to Orlando. So we don't even have to go all the way to Japan to get this Mario goodness. Wow. Yes. Podcast live from Mario Land. Yes, absolutely. Live from the Donkey Kong track. Bro, we can get like a little mic. Uh, absolutely. Your mic and record us on the on the ride. So, I mean, first of all, you're into this Mario Land, Mar Super Mario World. 100%. Second, are you interested in Epic Universe? Does that like get you interested at because all? Because I don't know what it is. No. <laughs> but if I knew the properties that were going to be housed there, maybe. It can't be bigger than Star Wars Land. Like that's more exciting to me as a theme park. I'm curious to know what the what the properties will be because like what do they have? You know, is it like how to train your dragon? Is it like a bigger Jurassic World thing? You know, I don't really know what Universal owns. Is Jurassic World even owned by them anymore, or is that Disney now? That has to be Universal, right? Is it going to be like a Fantastic Beasts and how to find them area? Are they going to keep trying to capitalize on? Uh, you know, on the Harry Potter franchise as much as they can. I, I have no idea, but it'll be interesting to see. But really, if I'm being honest, all I care about is seeing this really cool idea for a Donkey Kong roller coaster, which I don't even care about roller coasters. I don't really like that. I don't either. But I love the idea of doing this super interesting new way of doing a roller coaster that makes you uh, feel like you're on a minecart that's about to bottom out. Yeah, I feel like... Roller coasters have de-evolved into just like the craziest stunts and they've kind of left the theming on the wayside. 
So this, yeah, definitely excites me because it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to hold you at 90 degrees and drop you to your death. But if it's themed really well, like, you know what? The, um, the uh, Mount Everest one at like California Adventure. Yeah, that one's one of the best. That's a crazy roller coaster, but it's themed really well. So that one I dig. In the Mummy one at Universal is yeah, good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are my favorite types of things. So in any case, I just wanted to give you this update because it looks awesome. And I'm excited to see uh, what comes out of it. Do you want to give me one last link? Bro, did you see this? So, you know, uh, as as many of you already know, the Face app is owned and ran by the Russians. Right. And our faces and our pictures... They're compromised. Yeah, we're going to see Russian operatives wearing our faces in 2020. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to fight facial re- recognition technology with phantom okay. glasses. Okay, interesting. So the creator, he wanted to create a way for people to like opt out of like privacy and invasion. Um, because currently, you know everyone's face is public like you can see anyone's face it's not blocked but he wants to create a way to like opt out of facial technology um he doesn't want to be picked up by like a security camera he doesn't want to be picked up by you know certain apps so these glasses it's pretty crazy if you scroll down you can see a video of someone using them they're lined with this like reflective material i don't even know exactly what it is but it it, under a camera it like glows and whites out the whole face oh i see it okay yeah so there's like a like a night vision uh type like camera and instead of seeing the person's face you just see kind of this whole glowing area uh a little little problem here is if you want to pitch this to me as um avoid getting tracked by government you know cameras maybe show me a video of like me going through an airport or something and like being opted in without my consent to some sort of facial scanning thing um if you want to tell me that this pair of glasses will let robbers rob me and break into my car show me what you showed me (laughs) which is this grainy security camera footage of a guy in all black walking through a parking lot um i don't know if that's necessarily the best way to convince me that these glasses are good and not bad but (laughs) um you know that's what that's whatever um but yeah like that that's it's actually i've i've seen this kind of stuff before another example that i saw was like um like a hat that you wore that kind of covered like the forehead your, that covered your forehead and it had this weird stuff that cameras basically like couldn't recognize and it kind of made like uh, the whole area around the hat look sparkly so it obscured the majority of your face so it, it couldn't really be seen um so yeah these things are interesting because i mean right now do i care about this no not at all is anybody like actually doing face tracking on me uh, only people that I'm totally consenting to, right? Like when you download the face app and you think that they're not going to use your face for something, you're dumb because that's exactly why it's free and why they're getting you to do it. I don't think <laughs> that dumb. it's um, necessarily dumb. ultra nefarious. I think that they're just building uh, like facial recognition systems and they're using your face to do it for free. Yeah. Um, all that being said, uh, there is a weird future, right? Where like, 
this type of stuff happens more often. The one that I think about isn't even like government tracking, but it's more like augmented reality. Like, will there be an app that allows people to see, like, like, like pull up your Facebook page or pull, pull up your Instagram page by looking at your face and matching it to a profile picture. Like that Ooh, stuff. That's mad creepy. Yeah, like it, it totally makes sense that that kind of stuff could happen in the future. And I could see people being like, actually, I don't want that, especially people of any type of notoriety, you know, like, ooh, actually, like I'm already slightly famous and I don't want people just recognizing me because they downloaded an app on their AR glasses that automatically tells them when they're around a celebrity. You know, there are reasons that you would want to remain slightly anonymous that aren't just like I'm trying to break into this car and I don't want people to see my face. And so this type of stuff is um, maybe more important, you know, than we think it is or will be more important in the future. Yeah, you bring up a great point. I honestly I didn't even think about that. Like what is the what is the counterthought? What is the counter solution to people with nefarious plans? Right. I mean, right now that's what's happening, right? Is ooh, if I'm about to do some criminal crimes, uh this is a great pair of glasses to wear <laughs> to not get caught on those security cameras. Um What other cr- type well, of less crimes criminal. are there? Uh stealing fonts actually. Uh, falls under just <laughs> normal crimes. Um, but yeah, criminal, criminal crimes, crimes is the real deal. Got it. And got and it. like you know, it's it's already a problem, right? Like in the business that I own, a long time ago, somebody broke into a car and like smashed a window, and I have security footage of them, but it's like a blob, you know? It's like cool, yeah, exactly. I need I need the CSI enhanced <laughs> feature. Um, so, you know, it's not necessarily like doing a lot right now anyways. I didn't have the ability to run a facial algorithm on the person that broke into that car. So, you know, whatever. But yeah, this is, uh, this is interesting. It's, um, I think that's actually kind of cool. Do you think, so personally, I'm a little bit more, because I was a child of the internet, I'm a little bit more open with myself. Um, I downloaded FaceApp, used it. And even when they said, it's Russians, I was like, yeah, but I, it's pretty funny to see myself as an old man from time to time. So whatever. They already have it. Cool. Um, do you think that you – like there needs to be some kind of way to lock your face um, and make it like a another metric? Like just like you have a social security number, you have a license. Is there – should there be some way to document and protect and lock your face? I don't know. I it's just like I think that we're not going to be the ones in charge of that, you know? <laughs> like we're already we're already running Got out of time for that. That's not true in China anymore. I I saw that um one of the um American-owned airlines just started employing facial recognition for boarding. So, yeah, yeah, I have of, seen that. Yeah, it's like only at like two terminals, but if you want to it seems fairly opt-in, as in if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it, but it kind of pushes you to do it. Um, but yeah, instead of, you know, using a boarding pass, you do a, it does a facial scan, you know, as you enter the airport and then a facial scan as you enter the airplane. Um, and that's more secure uh, in the airline's eyes than, you know, your ticket. See, I would do that, though. Like, that's that seems way more convenient as for me as the consumer to just, like, scan my face, get on the plane. Yeah, me too. And I think that that's fine. But then, you know, the problem is, like, we're in the age where, like, things like deep fakes are becoming a thing. Yeah. Where it might not even be totally out of the out of character for someone to be able to replicate a moving face that has some sort of dimension. Because, 
you know, like face ID on the iPhone will not work with a picture of your face because it's looking for the dimension of your face. It's scanning for that too, not just yeah. the flat image. But like, you know, there might be ways to do a freaking replacement of your face, Mission Impossible style in the future. And then that's going to be tricky and troubling to see if that's going to be, you know, one of the ways that we identify ourselves. Um, but regardless, I mean, I don't know, dude, it just is, it's just the future and people that don't want it might need to start wearing some phantom glasses.